0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's
1: everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment.
2: From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com,
1: this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with
0: Alisa Benson.
2: Hi guys, welcome to Cosmopolitan.com, happy hour, the happiest hour of my week and obviously yours. I am joined by my co-workers today, Lauren Lemsden, Elizabeth Narens, and Allie Martel. Hey guys, how you doing?
3: Hey. 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 Excited um, to be
2: here. Excited to be here, yes, in our little like unicorner as we call it, the Cosmopolitan.com unicorner, which is so named because there are unicorns hanging on the wall, just like to set up that mental image of what we're doing. Um, but today we are talking about shaming and this idea of living in this moment in 2015 of fat shaming, slut shaming, skinny shaming, child shaming, parent shaming, social media shaming. If, what else have I, like, what other kinds of shaming have I forgot? Infinite, infinite, right? Infinite. Exactly, infinite kinds of shaming. So in some ways, it's. I think we're at this moment where we sort of reached peak shame. Sort of why is that happening? Is it getting us any closer to... I don't know. What is even the point? Getting us any closer to sort of acceptance and peace and harmony? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to talk about that all today. And also talk a little bit about Halloween because I think it's because it's this week and it's my favorite holiday and I'm so excited, but also because I think it is a um, holiday that has sort of become wrapped up in this idea of basically sluttiness. So let's start with that. What are you guys going to be for Halloween?
1: I'm going to be a bridezilla because I'm looking at wedding venues this weekend instead of going out but um yeah if I weren't doing that I would definitely be a slutty bride right (laughs) (laughs)
3: love it Lauren what are you going to be I'm the same thing every year and it's I like decided the last minute that I'm gonna go out and then I just grab things that I have around the house and so I have yeah yeah. so I have these like mom jeans that I just happen to have and I have an airbrush t-shirt with my name on it from 1993 oh my gosh and I have a um, is it
2: like spring break
3: yeah, it's yeah. from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Perfect. Shout out Myrtle Beach! <laughs> and um, I have a fanny pack, and I have like a, blonde, a long blonde wig. So I, I think I'm like a mom of some sort. It's definitely not sexy. It's the opposite of sexy. And there's definitely like a, like noticeable like fupa
2: in the mom jeans. So. I love. I love that you have all the elements of your costume except knowing exactly what it is. You're yeah. like, it's, I have the spring break Myrtle Beach t-shirt, but I don't know
3: what i It's kind at. of fun to hear people's interpretations, yeah. too They're like, oh, you're that character from that 90s show And I'm like, yes yeah. And one time it was Blanche Devereaux from the Golden Girls' yes. Daughter, Pam so Which doesn't sexy. exist, and that worked, too So it's open to interpretation Yeah, someone might have a better idea than you do
1: <laughs> Yeah, let right. it
2: happen. exactly <laughs> I love that, I love that Ellie, what are you going to be for Halloween?
0: Well, Charles said I could keep this sexy jellyfish costume that I wore in our sexy Halloween shoot. Yes. So, possibly that, because otherwise, like you said, I have stuff laying around. So, Carmen Sandiego, I have been before, because I have a red trench coat, and the red hat is somewhere under my bed with all my shoes and suitcases and, like, other moving materials that I shoved under my bed when I moved into my apartment. And I was like, I'll use these again, and now they're just dust boxes.
2: Right. Well, I feel like that's, like, everybody in New York City lives in a teeny tiny apartment, so it's, like, you can't keep that much random costume crap on hand. So You'd I feel be like shocked. Even for someone shocked. like myself who
1: really hates Halloween. Like, you have. Yeah. I could pull out, like, a track star any any second. I could pull out um, a ballerina. I could pull
0: out... Oh my I have gosh. a boa somewhere. A cowboy. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so I'm going to shop for my costume it could
0: happen. in your
2: closet. Yeah. A bit. Um, so what do you guys think about the conversation? You know, I think... I think every year around this time, you see a lot of articles written of, like, why wearing, you know, quote-unquote, revealing, slutty Halloween costumes, you know, is bad. Or, you know, there's always the conversation about our younger and younger women sort of feeling like they have to wear these sorts of costumes. Um, And then I think the flip side of that argument is sort of people like me that are just, like, wear what you feel. But where do you guys stand?
1: Well, I guess I wonder what... What drives someone who's going to pick, you know, a quote-unquote slutty costume? Is it that you dress more conservatively and you see Halloween as a time to kind of step outside your comfort zone? Or is it that everybody else is wearing sexy costumes and you don't want to be the one in, you know, a clown costume when everyone else is super sexy? Is it a is competition? Um, so, yeah, I guess those are kind of the two options there. Or maybe you just find an outfit and it feels good or you want to channel I don't know a sexier character it's like why are you doing it yeah
2: but I think I don't know I think you touched on something really interesting just now which is sort of this idea of like you don't want to be in the clone costume if everyone else is the like nurse or whatever but you know and I think that's also the famous mean girl scene the joke on Cosmo podcast is like how many minutes in before we reference mean Girls? so now we're what Five minutes in, but um, we've already mentioned it. But you know that sort of idea, and it's played for comedy in the movie of the Lindsay Lohan character wearing this horrible, you know, dead zombie, and everyone is like, "What are you?" Like they're so horrified because everyone else is like wearing their lingerie. Why are you
1: so scary? Why are you so scary? (laughs)
2: Exactly. But that said, like I don't know if people are thinking about other people so much as you're just thinking about what you want to wear, right? I don't know.
0: I think that. Even if you're not being a sexy something, everyone wants to be cute, even if they're being funny. In college, I was a snood for Halloween once. I don't know if you remember the game Snood where you like shot the little. I have (laughs) no (laughs) idea. I have no (laughs) idea
2: what you're talking about.
0: And I wore a mini skirt under it because even though I was wearing this like giant cardboard thing that I had made I still wanted to look cute under my giant cardboard thing and I think that even when people are funny whatever they're still like well I want to be cute funny whatever like I want to be a cute burglar sure (laughs) and
2: like my personal feeling is I just want to be cute all the time but it's just like in my day like 361 days a year I'm running late for everything in my life and I just like don't even have time to like curl my hair put on makeup so like the four days a year where I do have extra time I want to really do it up
3: I actually, I just was going to say, I am all about, you know, wearing what you want and what you feel good in. But I do, every time I walk out and go to the New York Halloween parade, I am shocked at how, uh, like, how sexy or I guess slutty. Uh, I I hesitate to, well, you know, I guess I hesitate to use that word, but I I am always pretty shocked. But um, at the same time, I, you know, I do feel like people should put on what they what they want and i guess i never dressed in a really um slutty halloween costume because i never felt like confident enough i just am i'm not like a sexy person generally like i would never wear like a super low-cut shirt because i feel like my boobs aren't big enough or something so i guess it's like i'm kind of like more power to the people that do feel really confident yeah and can look really good and in it.
2: Sure and like I think too you know the whole idea in Mean Girls is it's the one day a year where even if you're somebody that maybe doesn't feel confident to dress like this all the time it's the one day a year where you can dress like this and no one else can say anything about it but like of course we sort of know that's not true like the girl you know you do pass that judgment and I don't mean like us necessarily being judgmental but the girls that show up in the parties that are really wearing like no clothing at all they still do get judged. So it's, Also
1: at those parties like i think it's i think it's a far cry to say that girls who are dressing suggestively are confident because i mean i went to many many halloween parties (laughs) back in the day um at school and i mean the sluttiest dressed girls are the ones that are drunkest i'm just throwing that out there Mm. so like are you really are you like going to a sober party dressed like with, like, your boobs out, or are you, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, I I don't think that necessarily, like, showing off everything you've got makes you confident, I think it might be the opposite in many cases. Interesting,
2: interesting. Well, I think that, I don't know. Do you guys think that that, you know, we're sort of I think we're all a little nervous and we think about stuff like this all di- all the time just about using the word slutty, which like isn't a word that we use at Cosmo to talk about women. I and feel like it's like, like throwing we- it out left and right. No, but I feel like <laughs> we're using it. Yeah, no, but we're using <laughs> it in this context in sort of the air quote sense because it's so hard, you know, you can't talk about slut-shaming without talking about the word slut and certainly this idea of like the slutty Halloween costume. Um, but I think that word itself is really interesting because I think as we know a lot of girls use that conversationally use it to talk about your friends and even if you're using it as an insult you still you know it's very much a part of the vocabulary I think for a lot of our readers and for a lot of like young women in general um I guess I'm sort of of the theory that I think I think that's good. I think people, you know, using this word in conversation when women are using it kind of brings... That means we get to assign the meaning to it. But, um, you know, certainly women are still using it as an insult, you know, to other girls at school or other girls in their friend group or other frenemies. Um, what do you guys think about that word? And it's so touchy to talk about.
0: I think that a lot of people, like, I guess if, if you looked up slut and... Urban Dictionary, it probably says, you know, an easy girl who sleeps with a lot of people. Probably everyone who uses it, the girl could maybe be a virgin, and people just use it as an, a catch-all negative word to talk about someone they don't like. Sure. Um, so I think it's so easy on Halloween or in anything someone's wearing, if you don't like something that someone's wearing, up oh, she's such a slut. Mm-hmm. And everyone agrees that it's a bad word, for lack of a better word, as opposed to bitch, where you, you know, you call someone a bad bitch and you don't actually mean it in a bad way. Um, most people haven't taken back the word slut, for lack of a better word. So I feel like it so doesn't so much have to do with sex as just a girl I don't like.
2: Well, I think it's certainly, you know, it's You hear about, there have been a ton of articles by people way smarter than me written about this, about the word getting thrown around, you know, kids who are in elementary school. And in some cases, I think it's used as an insult because of exactly what you said. People know it's an insult, even if they don't necessarily have associations with the term or really understand, like, what it means. And, you know, what does it even mean? It's an insult. It sort of doesn't matter if you use it to mean one thing or another. It's just a powerful word. And I think in that sense, you know, the word... We know that the word can be dangerous. Like, we know, didn't mean to get so super serious going straight from Halloween, but, you know, we know the word can can be dangerous. Girls, in, for instance, in a school system who are labeled as a slut or the class slut, you know, can be picked on and can be bullied and really can be targets. It is a word that people respond to in a real way. And in that in that sense, I think it's dangerous. But... I just don't know if the way to fight back against that is to say, like, this should be an off-limits word or if it is just the slow evolution of sort of people using it in a conversational way and sort of owning it. I don't know.
1: I think that more and more women are owning their sexuality and their choice to um, explore it. And I feel like whereas slut maybe, like, five years ago maybe it would have been a really hurtful term. Now it's kind of like you know if you're called a slut it's like that's a, it's, it's just like a meaningless insult essentially and it kind of I think speaks to your just ability to kind of be in touch with your own sexuality I don't know and also I'll just put it in, into context I'm coming off of just reading um, New York Magazine's feature on Sex on Campus I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys read that um, but it just like really opened my eyes to the kind of um, sexual exploration, exploration that's going on right now and I feel like especially students in college are just really finding themselves in so many different sexual situations and I don't know so I'm kind of hearing this word slut being thrown around and I'm thinking about all these um, women that I read about um, on college campuses and they're just so proud of their sexuality um, whatever that means for them so I'm wondering if it's almost like a dated term and becoming less meaningful.
2: And and I think that's really interesting. And in some ways, that is the hope. Like, that's the way that language evolves. Like, you hope that sort of with each new generation of people, I'm making myself sound like such an old person, but with each new generation of people, you sort of, you know, words have power within their communities and within the groups of people that use them. So you would expect that to sort of shift and evolve as people's, you know, feelings about their sexuality and their comfort level with sort of being public about that sort of evolve as well. Um, You even see that, um, that... I think that that sort of ties back into what we were just saying about Halloween. You know, that maybe people are wearing different costumes now than they would have a decade ago or 20 years ago because people do feel more comfortable sort of identifying as being, like, overtly sexual in one way or another. But it's
0: also just fun, right? It is fun. And I think also people probably were dressing that way on Halloween 15 years ago but Facebook didn't exist so all those pictures the only copies of them are the double that you gave out to your best friend right
2: doubles that's so TBT (laughs) throwback right there Um, I also think like I you know before we sat down and came into this room I really said like you know we've gone really sort of gotten really serious about slut shaming which we should it's an important topic but I kind of said that I really wanted to talk about sort of this idea of shame in general and like where it comes from and I do think like I hate that the answer to every problem always and forever is social media but I do think the internet and social media has really sped up the world we all live in like we all know that so I think you know the pace that we're all moving these days is so fast that I think to sort of cut through that crowded space people just feel like they need to be so extreme in their opinions and I think that is where this sort of shame as a concept over the past few years has become so powerful you know it these issues that we're talking about and moving away from slut shaming but you know all the body shaming that has become a really dominant conversation on the internet over the past few years you know to kind of cut through the noise there's no room to be nuanced you have to take a strong position on it one way or the other and so
1: sorry to just jump in no please cut me off social media I think that that is a really good point because I mean when you think about you know the original Facebook post you could either like it or say nothing essentially um, so it kind of sets you up to either be supported or shamed I guess by having no attention or you know I guess th- the possibility of rejection for whatever you post um, just throwing that out there that wait
2: I don't know what you mean you mean you mean <laughs> so
1: like so basically like with Facebook or with any kind of basically on any network now you can like post um so it kind of gives you the opportunity to have an opinion on anything that's post anything that's posted sure um so that's kind of just the point that I was making sure absolutely absolutely (laughs) it breeds opinions it breeds opinions
2: for sure and um and I think because of social media too like I think a weird thing that happens anytime there's like for instance. Not to go so dark. How did this episode about Halloween (laughs) turn so dark? But um, you know anytime there's a national tragedy or something happens I think it's always interesting to see all the celebrities who respond to it Um, and you know I think in our culture we tend to hold celebrities up as professional opinion havers about everything which isn't totally fair to them but I also think that being in the public eye puts this weird pressure on you to feel like oh I'm in the public eye so I have to comment publicly about every single thing that happens and I think on a smaller scale people feel that in their own lives like because of social media because you have this platform to broadcast your opinion about anything I think people feel like they have to like you have to wade into a debate even even if like even if it's something I guess you would never say to someone's face
0: I um, I worked at a parenting website before I worked at Cosmo and that was the ultimate in everyone having an opinion like people would write a story about how they had to bottle feed their kid because even if they had like had had breast cancer and physically could not breastfeed and people would still comment and be like you know you can go to these places and you can get breast milk from other people you're killing your baby Mm -hmm. and if one of your friends told you they were in that same situation you would say to your friend's face you're killing your baby probably not
2: right right Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Right. I think parent, and none of us in this room are parents, I don't think. I hope <laughs> I did just. But, um, you know, I think, like, we all have friends who are parents, and certainly, like, Just the popularity of parenting topics on cosmopolitan.com. I mean, that is a huge issue where, like, mothers really cannot win. And I feel for all of my friends who are parents because there is no right or wrong thing to do. Any decision you make about your kid, you know, of course, you should be the one that knows best how to parent your child. But there's so much scrutiny around that. And I think that is, again, you know, for the first time ever, parents are really raising their kids in a social media age. Like, people are seeing the photos of you when you're pregnant. They're seeing the photos of the kid, you know, when they're a newborn. And there's no escaping that, even if you as a parent don't want to put your, you know, document your own kid's life on social media like everyone you're else is seeing. for that. <laughs> right, exactly. You literally, you literally can't win.
3: Yeah, um, a friend of mine recently um, who has a kid, her kid, um, She, uh, her kid fell down the steps, a little boy, and he had, like, this big, huge bruise on his eye. And he he looked like he'd been in a fight. And for some reason, I, I don't know why I was shocked that she put that on Facebook, like, the pictures of his bruise and whatever. I felt like it was, like, almost opening it up for people to judge her as a mother for, like not keeping him safe or something. And I was like, well, why? I mean, I don't... She And the reason she posted it, she was like, he's still so happy, even though he has this bruise on his face. Look, everyone, like, he's such a good kid. He's happy, but... I don't know. I, I, and and the comments were all positive. No one was mean, but that it was just like a weird thought that I had. Like, what if? I hope no one judges her because every mother goes through this, and you know, every mother can't protect their child twenty four seven.
1: Yeah, I definitely know parents who have kept their children off of social media in general. First, of, first of all, because I think that parents are often shamed for for that. Um, and I know parents who had a, a child have an injury, like, just an accident, like, all kids yeah, fall. Yeah, exactly. And they kept their kids off of social media until it was healed because they don't want to be pegged as, like, an abuser or something yeah. like that. Right, yeah, a bad easy. parent. That's I ha- so crazy. I
0: have a friend who uses a pseudonym for her child when she posts on social media because she's so worried about something like that happening. And then people Googling him when he's 20 and all this stuff comes up. And people meet, Or when he's a teenager and people will be like, I saw a picture of your butt when you were one years old and now I'm going to put it everywhere.
2: Right. So she's really thinking, like, down the road, we don't know where this sort of social media overflow is, you know, where we're all going to end up. Um, I have thoughts about that that I want to come back to you in just a minute and also kind of want to bring up a conversation about body shaming, my favorite topic. But um, I love to body shame myself. But, um... I want to talk for a minute about one of our sponsors of our episode today. Shout out to, did I just say that weird? Shout out. Shout, shout out. out. Shout out. <laughs> um, to MacWeldon.com. They're a company that makes really high-end underwear for men. We're sort of experts here at Cosmo and all things related to men in their underwear. <laughs> yeah, we are. Just yep. kidding. <laughs> <We're> so <laughs>
3: creepy.
2: Lauren's like, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we first found out about this company um, recently when they sent a bunch of underwear to the office that we were able to give our guy friends to test and it was so funny um, I said this on our episode last week but it was so funny because like I literally had one of my guy friends texted me and was like this is like a hug for my penis um, <laughs> which I think is like I hope they I hope that's Mac Weldon I hope that's your guys' like new Twitter bio but um, <laughs> the whole idea of this company is that you know they make their all their products they sell undershirts and socks and um, idea of it is, you what did I just disgusting. say? These hell undershirts. The gym and then socks. sleep. Made out of boxers and shirt that they designed. were wearing all day. Yes. Everyone knows men smell. Um. <laughs> sorry, Rob, to our <laughs> male producer in the room. <laughs> <I know. laughs> he's like shaking his head. And he's shaking his head because he knows I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry about that. laughs> right. Sorry <laughs> about your swamp ass. Right. Sorry about your the whole idea of their products are to prevent against that and sort of um, you know that was why we gave these products to our guy friends and let them road test it and sort of say like at the end of the day did you feel cleaner and fresher than you would otherwise Um, and Mac Weldon is so sure that the guy this special guy in your life is going to feel the same way and going to love this product that they actually do a money back guarantee you can return anything on the site you can say this didn't work for me Um, so check out the site it's MacWeldon.com. if you use promo code Cosmo, you can get 20% off their order. Um, The guys, the sort of special Cosmo guys, obviously, I'm talking about the same pool of guys that we test all of our sex tips on, obviously, (laughs) um, had great things to say about the underwear, but also, weirdly, I heard a lot of good feedback about the socks. So um, (laughs) I'm really excited about this company because one of my, like, one of my, problems that I feel like is really an issue facing the American women today is how many men still wear like the same disgusting underwear that their parents bought them Mm -hmm. that their mom bought them in like middle school so I am 100% (laughs) in favor of men wearing grown-ass underwear so check it out mackweldon.com And moving back to body shaming, I said I wanted to talk about that. Um, Elizabeth Narens, you write all of our fitness and health stories on Cosmopolitan.com. Shout out to Cosmo Body, Mm -hmm. our health and fitness vertical. Um, So you, I know, have done, you've done sort of a lot of articles about this and also talked to a lot of athletes who have talked about sort of being um, shamed for their size. And I think, you know, this is a topic that sort of, you know, since the dawn of time, women have sort of, had our bodies discussed publicly and sort of been an object that it's like, okay to talk about a woman's body and talk about the way she presents herself. And I think again, with social media and especially with something like Instagram or the whole idea is that you're sharing pictures of yourself and your life. I think again, we're seeing this be worse than ever. What is sort of, what do you feel like have been sort of the major issues you've been writing about or hearing from the athletes you've interviewed this year?
1: Um, Actually, I feel like the conversation is really different among athletes. Um, a lot of women that I've talked to um, who are professional you know, fitness trainers um, or professional fitness trainers or professional athletes have talked a lot about skinny shaming, mm-hmm. and it's something that really never dawned on me. I've never had the problem of being too skinny. Like, God help me. But um Yeah, I mean, it's a huge, huge problem. Um, Masi Arias, um, actually, she is an Instagram fitness celeb. She talks to me a lot about that. I've done a few interviews with her, and um, she is Dominican, and in her culture, um, kind of more around... fuller butts and smaller waists and bigger boobs are kind of the ideal and she grew up just being super skinny and and lean and um, it really affected her and she got to a point where she was actually super depressed about the way her body looked, and you know the expectations that she was kind of up against and turned to fitness to kind of help her get past that so I feel like it's a really empowering time now that fitness is kind of cool like definitely cooler than it was in like the early aughts when I started wearing a pedometer and I was the only one (laughs) and And I was shamed for that.
2: Fitness clothes were still like prison clothes. They yeah, I was still, like, cool. trying to, like,
1: find your mom's, like, vintage college tea and yeah. if you didn't have that. I don't know. Like, I feel like fitness is cool now, so it's kind of an empowering time um, for people who don't like their bodies. Um, but, yeah, no, I feel like skinny shaming has been a topic that has come up again and again and just continues to shock me. Um, but I think that as the ideal body type is changing and getting more diverse, I mean, there really isn't an ideal body type anymore. I feel like, you know, you've got Beyonce on one end and the Victoria's Secret, Um, angels on the other end and as long as you can kind of feel cool about your body then I feel like um I feel like it, you know you're kind of good to go. It's it's almost like who's doing the body shaming now? Is it are you shaming yourself or are other people shaming you? Right.
2: Well, I think I mean I think that's kind of a fun. You can't. You know, I was sort of joking about how I, my favorite person to body shame is myself. <laughs> but um, you know, I just read over the weekend Mindy Kaling's book, her new one that came out, Why Not Me? Has anyone else read that? It's so yeah, good. Yeah, it's too. so good. Sorry, Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy,
3: don't hate us. Still it's
2: be our best friend. Still be our best friend. Um, but she talks about in the book. Body image, and you know, she has a really interesting perspective on it because she is a woman on TV who is a size 10. Most women on TV are not size 10s, so I think she sort of basically talks about what it's like to be in that position of having to represent all women on TV who aren't a normal, you know, I don't want to say normal. That's not what I meant. She has to represent all women on TV who aren't a size zero or aren't a size two. She sort of becomes the spokeswoman, which, you know, isn't really fair to make one person or a handful of people sort of responsible for that entire point of view. But the chapter in her book where she talks about it is so good because it's so honest. And she sort of says... You know, I love myself, but that doesn't mean I wake up every day being like, wow, I, you know, feel 100 percent confident all the time. And I think that's really really true and really honest and she also talks about um, you know there being a moment where she was reading a tabloid and it was sort of a page that was like curvy women we love and she saw a picture of herself and she's like oh yay and then she realizes the other women that are sort of next to her on the page and she has this moment of thinking like wait but she's a total porker is the word that she uses and then sort of catching herself and being like how could I possibly say that about another woman and you know that sort of spiral of like is this the size people see me at you know is this, you know, am I part of the problem if I'm having this thought about another woman and, you know, I think about someone like Mindy Kaling and how unfair it is that we expect her to represent, you know, body positivity and that that has to mean you have, you know, a smile on your face about it all the time. Um, so it's a really interesting chapter, but, you know, to your point, Elizabeth, you know, you were sort of saying, like, we do have more body diversity sort of in Hollywood now from Victoria Victoria's Secret models to Beyonce I mean I would argue that Beyonce is a pretty idealized figure um, but I do think we are slowly 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 having more representation on TV especially of women that aren't just like that sort of standard sample size I didn't mean to go on such a monologue about mini Killing. <laughs> I don't even really know I if that made her. sense. Um, like one
3: too. thing I would say is I just... So I make videos here at Cosmo, and I've made videos for a long time, and I always read the comments. My, I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't read the comments. They, that's what they say, and I still always do it. And, you know, I've made videos with, like, gorgeous supermodels, and I've made videos with, you know, women who are overweight. Um, and it's... The comments are... They're mean regardless of what you look like. And they're also kind regardless of what you look like. So it's just about, I mean, not to sound cliche, but I realize, like, you know, you're going to be... People are going to be mean and nice no matter what you look like, so you really do have to just find a way to be happy on your own.
2: Lauren, do you think that... Do you wish people weren't able to comment like are you in favor of turning off commenting on a video or on an article or do you think that's sort of the wrong because I do think that part of the frustration is that like one negative comment can sort of set off a chain reaction of negative comments um
3: that's a great question and I I don't think I mean I I think comments are a great thing when they are thoughtful and smart and and frequently they are but so many of these people I think like you said earlier just want to stand out and so they say something outrageous and bold and something that doesn't make sense and that's just super mean or super provocative or polarizing and those kinds of comments are I think should be not I mean they're that are just like pointlessly mean it's like you just want to make someone feel bad those shouldn't shouldn't be there because then I think that limits people being creative down the road and then people get scared to to be themselves. But otherwise, I think comments are really beneficial and helpful. Like, just even on... Um this video that that Cosmo did a few weeks ago on um, a mom raising this transgender child, it evolved into this like really interesting debate that was really um, eye-opening to read. So sometimes comments can be great, but I think if you're like talent in a video and you're doing a fitness video or and I've even done you know on-air stuff in the past and I read the comments and people will just be like, your nose is so big or whatever and stuff like that. It's like it's so unnecessary and i would just say to to people that are you know doing fitness videos or whatever just don't i don't know don't read the comments if you if you can avoid it and if you do read them just know that these people are probably dum dumbs dumb.
0: <laughs> and i think it's like you said people want to stand out and then the people who have you know aren't going to praise the person but have like more constructive criticism are then scared to speak up because they don't want to be seen as this horrible hater, and they don't want people to then attack them in the comments about whatever they said. So it limits people having debates. And like you said, when people have an informed debate, whether people like something or don't like something, even if you don't like something, if you're not being mean about it, if you're being genuinely thoughtful about it, that's really interesting to read. Yeah. And get involved in and have those discussions. But I think you're right. People get scared off. Totally. Or just want their opinion yeah. to be heard and I'm like I hate everything you're the worst
3: yeah well even with like we did a video with Whitney Thor who's the star of um, TLC's My Big Fat Fabulous Life and she's like very positive and happy about her body and I'm she's I, you know she's obese and the comments you know some of the comments were just super mean and dumb and then some of the com, But what was great is that all these people stuck up for her and, you know, to the mean comments. And that was, like, a really beautiful thing to see that yeah. I really liked.
1: Actually, I was just um, interviewing this week Cassie Ho, who is one of the biggest um, fitness personalities on YouTube. Um, she is responsible for Blogilates. And she came out with this... Um, this video on body image I guess like in the spring or summer um, where she kind of photoshopped herself based on comments that she saw on social media so they, they said like she's so fast and so she kind of slimmed herself it's a really cool video to watch if you haven't seen it um, but I was interviewing her and I was saying you know based on all this terrible feedback that you get from time to time um, you know how do you how do you respond to it how do you how do you deal with it and I said you know do you just delete them well actually her advice was just to delete them and and block those people out and I was like well do you delete all of the bad comments and she said no because her fans stand up for her now so I think in some ways it's those kinds of comments and that kind of um in, like environment that hostile environment might scare some people off from giving constructive criticism but I also think it kind of rallies people up and I think it, it probably makes her feel amazing to see what her fans are saying in response to body shamers so it's kind of interesting how things can go full circle and you can kind of um, yeah it just goes full circle.
2: Right and if you had you know if she had eliminated comments on her platforms all along which like I know no one is saying that that's sort of like the solution or the answer to all of this but if she had done that she never would have had the chance for this sort of positive community to emerge around her. Exactly. I just like my whole thing I feel like my bottom line on this is it's just so small potatoes. You know this society we live in where people are obsessed with shaming for any old thing because they feel like bored and like unhappy and then also just our constant policing of sort of this person said the wrong thing this person used the wrong word you know I just think that all of that can be really small potatoes and sort of distract us from kind of like moving forward into being a more accepting happy place where everyone can do what they feel that is my bottom line do what you feel leave other people alone right right
0: just be a nice
2: human be a nice human be
0: decent i mean it's still <laughs> what you learn in kindergarten if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all right. that still
2: applies right or like get a podcast which is what i do that <laughs> so you can talk about your opinions all day long mm-hmm. and no one can ever comment and disagree with me yay i love podcasts <laughs> Um, okay, we are about out of time. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we end every episode by telling you, even though I just said you can't ever leave a comment on this, I actually don't mean that. Please tweet at me. I am at Elisa Benson on Twitter, and I want to, you guys to shout out your handles as well so people can tell you how much they disagree with you.
0: Uh, mine is at Allie Martell, one L in Allie, two L's in Martell.
2: Oh, that's a good little memory aid. <laughs> I'll never forget how to spell
0: your name again.
1: Mine is EJ Narens
2: mine is it's Lauren time oh you're kidding what time is it it's Lauren time so I T S Lauren time I love that I love that that's so good a perfect note to end on thank you all so much for tuning in see you guys next week